All right, welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. Good morning. My name is Bert Alcorn. Today is Thursday, April 23rd. Uh, So appreciate you for taking some time out of your day to stop, to listen, to be stirred by a thought or a scripture, uh, to be challenged in in some way. This week, we are working through five phrases that I straight up stole from somebody else who I uh, admire and I'm so stoked on. And uh, those, those five phrases that we've been unpacking this week is love over fear. That was Monday. Relationships over retreat. That was Tuesday gratitude over grasping that was yesterday today is presence over prediction and tomorrow pastors over pundits so these are the five key phrases uh that have been i think really important for us to wrestle with in this season of just how to how to stay healthy here in the time of the coronavirus and so today presence over prediction is what we're going to be talking about and so for that idea i want to take you to matthew chapter 6 So once again, if you're in a spot where you do have a Bible, you can reach one, please take it out. Read along with me. If you're not, that's okay. I'll read it over you. Um, So grab your Bible, Matthew 6. We'll start in uh, verse 25. So Matthew 6 is Jesus' longest, most famous, and probably some of his most profound teachings here. Sermon on the Mount, Matthews 5, 6, and 7. It's beautiful like flow and how one kind of forms in another and how he's combating both the religious elite and the... um, like polytheistic, hedonistic culture of his day, and it's just forging this way of Jesus. It's beautiful. Matthew chapter 6 is just right in the middle, right in the crux, and he talks quite a bit about uh, money, where you put your trust, and, and these ideals of how to pray. And he gets to the spot uh, around anxiety in particular. And he says this in verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, here's the idea, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Okay, so real quick, we say is don't be anxious about the, the basic necessities of, of life. God will take care of you. Like, what if our default posture was trust in God rather than anxiety in our circumstances? He says, God will take care of you. He will clothe you. He's like, the, the way that, what will distinguish those who follow me with those who don't is worry about all of those things. Did you catch that? Did you catch that in verse 32? The distinguishing factor between those that follow Jesus and those that don't is worry and anxiety. Those who follow Jesus trust in God. Those who don't trust in God will be worried and anxious about a great many things. But seek first the kingdom of God, verse 33, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He's not saying go without. He's saying arrange your priorities. He's not saying cut out. He's saying rearrange. Seek first the kingdom of God. 
and his righteousness, not yours, not your kingdom, not your righteousness, his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You'll be taken care of. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay, so what does this idea mean? Presence over prediction. And why am I sharing out of Matthew chapter 6? Because I don't want you to spend your stay-at-home, self-isolation, quarantine time waiting for things to get back to normal. Let's put aside the whole idea that life will not be normal ever again. Like we are, this is one of those defining moments. We are going to be forever shaped and changed by what happens in the season. So let's just do away with the idea that there is a normal to get back to. First of all, I don't want you to wait for life to get back to normal, to, to literally put everything on pause and wait for life to start up again. Because in our waiting and our predicting when this will happen or that will happen, when schools will reopen, when we can gather again, when we can go to Target again, when all of those things, waiting for those and predicting and wondering and pondering when those things will happen, rob us from being present where we are right now. Prediction robs us of presence. I got to interview Brad Sarian, a friend of mine. He, he leads a church out in the Northridge Chatsworth area. I got to interview him a little while ago, a couple weeks ago. And uh, he said something that's kind of stuck with me, mostly because it's been convicting uh, for myself. Um, and it's been a good barometer for how I'm spending my time and, and my posture um, during this season. And his challenge was, I don't want this to be, and he said this, I don't want this to be a time when my kids are bummed out that I'm home, that they look back on this season and be like, oh man, that, that really stunk. Like there's all this craziness going on. And on top of all that, dad had to be home this whole time. He's like, I, I want, I want my kids to look back on this time and be like, that was awesome. Dad was home all the time. And he was working a little bit, but we got to see him more and he was happy and he was more engaged in our, in our life. And there were good, healthy rhythms and, I mean, there's a lot of social awareness for a five-year-old, but you're just kind of thinking through the things that are happening. He says, I don't want my kids to be bummed out that I'm at home. I don't want them to look back on this season and be like, man, that season was awful because dad was home. I, I want them to think this was awesome because dad was home. So I, I don't know what your particular life situation is right now, but might that be a good barometer for how you're doing in this season? Are, are those around you better off or worse off because you're there <laughs> now don't take, don't go down that rabbit hole too far all right don't go that down the rabbit hole of self-loathing that's not not what i'm trying to get at at all but it maybe might reveal to you are you just an anxious presence when a non-anxious presence is needed are, are you occupying your time with stress and anxiety and worry and prediction and wondering when life is going to be normal again, when can things back to normal again. And so you're constantly just putting off the things that are right in front of you because you're waiting for that day when things can finally be what they were. It robs you of presence. There are three dangers of living in this space of prediction, which is filled with anxiety and worry and kind of waiting for the next best thing. It's, it's almost like this... Um, this thing that's kind of plugged our generation of, of like FOMO a little bit. It's like crisis FOMO. 
where it's uh it's like fear of missing out waiting for the next best thing but it's like it's fear of um I, I don't know what it is fe- not fear of missing out but fear of um being ready for when life goes back to normal um and there's some dangers in that and the dangers of prediction rob us of the joys of presence prediction actually chips away at presence in three ways if we're living in the space of worry anxiety prediction waiting for things to get back to normal and aligning our lives for that day we delay presence so we're five six weeks into the stay-at-home order is a good amount of time to look back on how would you do with that time was it wasted was it fraught with fear and anxiety or were there some amazing memories made with your family some deep work done with the holy spirit some projects around the house to accomplish i don't know draw this out when we give into prediction we delay presence so we're already a couple weeks in like what could have been done then i mean maybe don't live in regret for for sure but maybe look back like how how have you spent this last month this last six weeks have you been delaying moments where you could have been more present with your spouse with your roommates with your kids i certainly have i've had to do i've shared this with you guys before i've had to do some major course correction in the last six weeks and there was definitely moments where i could have been present that i wasn't because i was living in an unhealthy way so dangers of prediction that we delay presence Second, we minimize presence. This is, this is dangerous, guys, because this is where it starts to, to leak out from you onto other people. So this is when you're so worried and caught up about when schools can open and, and when jobs can get back to normal and all of that, that you minimize the importance of being present where you are. That you're so wrapped up in what could be, you're missing out. And you're not only missing out, but you're now devaluing the importance of being present with those around you. Third danger is you criticize presence. So the span goes from just you and it's kind of of going outwards. It's leaking out. So you don't just delay presence for yourself, delay being present. You're not only minimizing its importance and its value, but you're criticizing others for being present. You're trying to keep worry and anxiety on them rather than enjoying and modeling and living in being present where God has called you to be present, whatever that is, whether it's working from home and you got one roommate, whether it's living by yourself, whether it's a family with kiddos and every, and busy schedules and all of that, like whatever your context is, have you seen yourself delaying, minimizing, or criticizing presence? So the call is presence over prediction, right? So let's just not stay with the dangers, but how can you be present? I think there's a couple of different, like I said, there's concentric layers that go out with you delaying, then minimizing, then criticizing others. I think there's some concentric circles of presence as well. So the first, the inner one is obviously God. Be present with God. Be attentive to God. Uh, one of my favorite writers talks about how we abide with Jesus is living in a constant state of and a awareness of and connection to the Holy Spirit. Learning to be two places at once, right? Sipping coffee and with the Holy Spirit. Eating lunch with your family and with the Holy Spirit. So how are you being present with God? And what are those practices that you're cultivating? Things like reading scripture, praying, silence and solitude, worship, that sort of thing. 
So going out, the next concentric circle is your family, right? Maybe your spouse, um, your kids. Uh, if you don't have a spouse or kids, maybe your roommate would be like the, the stand-in for that. Like the, who are the, your best friends? Who are the people that you're closest to? How are you being present with them? And what are some practices that you can cultivate there? Things like actually eating together, spending quality time with each other, spouses still having a date night, even though you're trapped inside, having some awesome time with your kiddos. How can you be present with them? Next concentric circle out is your community. And in that, I'll say your church, your local church, whether that's Anthem or you're listening in from somewhere else, your actual community group, your friendships, kind of your, your community, that next layer out, like those you're close with, those who you're, you're running with, those who are in your tribe, your friend circles, whatever, how you've been present with them. Are you, is Sunday gathering online still a rhythm and a practice and a habit for you? Are you showing up to your community group? And not just like showing up like attending, but actually showing up, bringing yourself. Are you showing up with your friends, making time and space to connect with friends? And that fourth concentric layer out is like your neighbors and swap in the lost, your actual neighbors, uh, the neighbors in your life, coworkers, whatever it is, like those who are maybe that last layer out. Are you being present with them? Our next door neighbors, we obviously are not like, you know, hanging out super close with them, but we're still outside all the time. And so we're still chatting with them. We're still talking about life with them. You know, our kids aren't playing together, but our kids are seeing each other, uh, you know, from the appropriate amount of distancing, of course. Uh, But how are you still being present with your neighbors? Now, I mentioned for me, I had to do some serious course correcting because this was probably one of the biggest areas of struggle I had in this season where I went into go mode for the sake of our church and ceased to be present with our family. And that needed a major course correct. And it was Sherry calling me out. It was other people in our lives who were calling me towards truth and, and out of bad habits and helping me see where I'm in error and correcting me and me and my stubbornness and resistance, seeing that and knowing I need to change as well. What course correction needs to happen for you? Like don't get... Don't get so lost in predicting when things will get back to normal that you miss out on being present where God has you. Don't get so lost in predicting when things will get back to normal or even predicting the plans and strategy you have in this time that you miss out on being present where God has you. Let me just tell you, if you live by yourself and you're working from home or you're laid off and you're just like craving like (laughs) other people, that's where God has you. Not that he's punishing you, not at all, not at all, but that's where God has you. What might he want to do with you there? If you are at home, you're working remotely and you have small kids in the house, that's our situation. I'm working remotely from home, from our garage. And so Sherry and the kiddos are still at home. That's where God has you. It's not punishment. It's not an accident. It's not a surprise to God. It's where God has you what might he want to do with you there? Whatever your situation is, laid off in an essential job where you're out actually quite a lot, maybe working more than ever in in areas of, of potential danger. That's where God has you. What might God want to do with you there? Don't get so lost in predicting when things go back to normal or strategizing for the time that we're in that you miss out on being present where God has you. You need to know whatever your life situation is, is not an accident. It's where God has placed you. So what might it look like to have a posture of yieldedness and presence with God, your family, your community, and your neighbors? 
So maybe something you can do today is just uh, quickly on a, in your notes app on your phone or just on a piece of paper, just ask the question, how can I be, how can I grow in my presence with dot, 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 God first, your family second, your community third, your neighbors fourth. And what is one next step you can take in, in growing in presence and growing and showing up, bringing your whole self to each one of those spheres this week, maybe even today? How can you grow in that today? Thank you so much for listening to the Anthem Daily Podcast. We pray this is useful and helpful to you in your growing and deepening life with God. Um, yeah, please, thank you. If this is all helpful to you, feel free to share it along to other people for whom it might be helpful. Um, we're not making any money off this. We're not trying to get rich and famous by this. We just want uh, to point people to the text to help them see this time through the lens of the gospel. And if you find it helpful, share it with someone else. That would be really awesome. Um, and so we're all done for today, but we'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>